There's one verse in the beginning of Genesis chapter 41 that has always struck me, and it only really strikes in context of the greater story, but Genesis chapter 41 verse 1 says, When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream and he was standing by the Nile. Now again, j just that verse in and of itself, it doesn't, doesn't do a whole lot, doesn't mean a whole lot, but when you read it in its greater context, this is coming on the heels of one of the wildest stories to me in scripture, and it's the story of Joseph. I mean, maybe you're familiar with this story, maybe you saw the Veggie Tales version of it back in the day, maybe you've grown up in the church, or maybe this is brand new. But Joseph, he's the youngest child, and a bit arrogant, a bit prideful, has a dream that his brothers and his family's gonna bow down to him. They come up with a solution to deal with their prideful little brother, and it's to kill him. <laughs> and I don't know about what conflicts you've had with your siblings, but they've never gotten to the stage for me where it's like, all right, he's dead. And so, but instead of killing him, they decide to throw him in a pit. And after they throw him in a pit, they sell him to the Ishmaelites into slavery. He lands in Potiphar's household where it says that the, the hand of the Lord was with him. And he rises up in power. And if there's ever been a moment in your life where you can look in the rearview mirror and think to yourself, oh, that's why that bad happened is so that God could bring me to this point. This seems like that moment in this story. And yet it kind of goes from bad to worse as Potiphar's wife lies about Joseph and then he lands himself in prison and she says that he tried to sleep with her when that wasn't the story at all. It was actually quite the opposite and even in the midst of being lied about, justice isn't served. He lands himself in prison and then in prison again the hand of the Lord is with him and he kind of rises up in power in the ranks in prison and then it seems like the story's gonna turn, right? This seems like the moment where things are gonna go from bad to worse and then they got worse again and then maybe this is where it gets better and it, it doesn't. Pharaoh's cupbearer and his baker, they also get thrown into prison alongside Joseph and Joseph interprets a dream for them and you know one of them, it, it doesn't end very well. The cupbearer gets released, the baker gets impaled and then it says, hey, Joseph, on, on when they're leaving prison, he says, hey, don't forget about me. Tell Pharaoh about me. And then Genesis chapter 41, verse 1, when two full years have passed. Two weekends ago, Chris Brown said there's two truths. There's what I know and see, and then there's what God knows and sees. And as we talk about this theme of spring cleaning and, and kind of getting our life back on track, what are the things that you can do this spring to, to clarify maybe your walk with Jesus? And today, my simple invitation, my challenge is this. It's a question of how do we see more of what God sees and more of what God knows? Because more often than not, I see and I know only what I see and what I know. Blind spots are called blind spots for a reason. And when I read the story of Joseph, 17 years from the moment he gets thrown into that pit and sold into slavery to the moment where it would kind of become obvious what God was doing with him in Egypt, those 17 years, what can we learn from this guy when two years he's forgotten? For me, Two years is a long time. I, sometimes I have a hard time waiting two weeks or two months for something that doesn't make sense in my plan. And, and three simple things this spring, and maybe even today that you implement, how do we remember, how do we see, how do we know what God sees and knows? Number one, it's prayer. And prayer, I love that Chris says this, has to be more relational than rational. Right? How can I spend time with the person who loves me the most today simply so that I can see his perspective and know what he knows more than I see my perspective? Number two, his word. How do I read his word, dive into it to know him and his character so that I can see and understand more of what he sees and knows? And lastly, wise counsel. Who are the people outside my life that when I have blind spots and I'm blind to them, 
How do they help me see those blind spots? How do they come into my life and challenge me and bring me back to biblical wise counsel to say, hey, maybe you, maybe you need to look at it this way or maybe God's trying to teach you this. Would those three things be implemented into my life today? That sometimes when I'm struggling seeing and knowing what God sees, I need more time in prayer. I need more time with him. I need to dive into his word and I need wise counsel in my life. Thanks, dosers. We'll see you tomorrow.